Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. When you look at the the biblical story and the story of salvation history, it's organized around uh, covenant, promise. Uh, these are kind of the, the glue that hold all the events of the Old and New Testaments together. And uh, really, there's extraordinary connections that we see between the Old and the New Testaments. And joining me right now is a man who's been spending a lifetime studying these connections. It's Dr. Phil Giuliotti. He's a retired medical doctor who came to know Christ as an adult. He now devotes his studies to the connections between the Old and New Testaments. You can find his podcasts, his teachings, and other works at One in Messiah website, One in Messiah, and also Gift of Grace Ministries. Dot org. Well, Phil, good to have you here finally. Oh, thank you, Al. It's an <laughs> honor to be here. We've talked about it for a this while. This great. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's it, talk a little bit about, um, first of all, your conversion. Just thumbnail sketch. Okay. You, you converted as an adult. Okay, You're already sketch. a professional. I, oh, yes. Already a professional. Yeah. Born and raised Catholic, you know, cradle Catholic. My parents were from Italy, did all the okay. things, and didn't really have faith in the sense of, what does this mean to me? Because right. it didn't really mean much to me. And I was interested in going to college and, you know, doing something of myself and having a profession and sure. getting married and having a family and having fun and going on vacation. So, <laughs> so, so I did, I did all those things. Um, my wife is a uh, very faithful woman who has been following the Lord for a long, long time, long before I started. Yep. And she, you know, tried to raise the kids in the, you know, the right way. And mm-hmm. I always countermanded and said, oh, well, you know what? Once you're 18, you don't have to go anywhere. No big deal, yeah. No big deal. Yep. So um, in a nutshell, I was driving to work one day, and I heard this man on the radio. I was just shy of 44 years old. I was not down and out. I was not living in the gutter. I had a great life. I had a great family. We've been on great vacations. I had a comfortable income. I was just having fun. Mm-hmm. And I heard a man talking about something that happened in the temple in the Old Testament. And my first thought was to get, why am I, Why did I come across this? I want to get rid of this. Huh. And, and then and I changed the channel because I only listened to rock and roll in those days. <laughs> and so something in my head, which I knew later was the Holy Spirit, said, put him back and listen to what he's saying. And I put him back. And over a period of time, over about the next couple of weeks, he was explaining the sacrificial system in the temple. Mm. And he got to he got to the point where you took a lamb to the temple and you laid your hands on the animal and your sin was transferred to the lamb. Yeah. Then the priest cut the animal's throat, sprinkled the blood, and your sin was covered, your sin was atoned. Yeah. And in my mind I thought, that's Jesus. Yeah. You and I had heard him called the Lamb of God forever. Right. Yeah. I thought they called him that because he was nice. <laughs> you know, he was a nice little lamb, and you know, <laughs> Jesus meek and mild kind of thing, sure. and it was nice. And so I started to think about this. And then the next day he summarized it, and he hit the point which was, what did that lamb have to do with the fact that you sinned? Mm-hmm. So I'm driving over Interstate 480 with a steering wheel in my hand, and I say, nothing. Yeah. And he says, nothing. The lamb is an innocent victim because you sinned, something died. Yeah. And that was it. And that 
that phrase, you sinned and something died, changed my whole life. And about oh, a week and a half, two weeks later, I gave my life to Jesus, repented of everything I had done, and started a whole new life. Wow. Wow. Which has led to being in many places in the United States and Mexico City and in Israel and doing radio and TV and teaching and um, different kind of cl- um, Bible classes and just teaching so, teaching in congregations in Israel of Jewish believers and it, it's just been it's been knowing people like you and Peter Herbeck and <laughs> yeah. Ralph Martin <laughs> yeah well, it's just amazing that uh, again you you were exposed to uh, things that were a vital part of the Catholic tradition, mm-hmm. but you were completely unaware yes. that they were there. Yes. Yeah. Did you begin a, a serious study of Scripture at that from that point yes. on? Yes. And because you held Torah classes at one time. Well, at the beginning, though, which I'm talking about, early 1995. Okay. I sat down and thought, I'll just read the Bible from beginning to end because right. I had never read anything in the Bible. I just, you know, what I heard in church. Sure, sure. So I started to read, and I couldn't really understand what I was reading. I was trying to make notes. You know, I was 44 years old, (laughs) and I knew a lot of stuff, but I just didn't know this. My wife gave me a sixth-grade catechism book about the Old Testament. So that I could understand. (laughs) So there I was, sitting in my house, reading the sixth-grade book and making notes. And I, I spent so much time in the Torah, the first five books, and every time I would go and say, I want to read something in a gospel, I want to read one of Paul's letters, the Holy Spirit would say, go back to what you were just reading in Numbers 11 and think about this. So I would go back and I would make notes. And I couldn't figure out why I was doing all this until I started to understand that all these things prefigured Jesus. All these things were types, shadows, prefigurements, and they were pointed to him. And like he says in John 5.39, you search the scriptures for eternal life and you do well, but these testify of me. Yeah. And yeah. what he's saying is all the scrolls are about me. He doesn't say some of them are, or a couple chapters here and three verses here are yeah. about me. Yeah. He says the scriptures are about me. So I started taking the Torah apart with the help of commentaries sure. and things, of course, not just in myself. <laughs> yeah. And showing how this pointed to Jesus as Savior and Lord. And over a period of time, I put together a Torah study class for Christians who didn't know anything about the Torah. Yeah. Because you know, you've you, you've been at this a long time. Yeah. You know, many Christians say, ah, you know, I don't like that Old Testament stuff. Oh, yeah. They, people <laughs> bog down. They might even get through Genesis but, uh, yes. and a few verses of Exodus, but oh. then they start bogging down. And then Leviticus, you know. Oh, that's where it ends. Yeah. The tar pit <laughs> of the Bible. Right. So, you know, people say, well, you know, there's all those names, there's all those battles, and God was really mean then, but now he's nice, but then he was really mean. Yeah. And then I, I say, well, you know, if you start studying in Matthew 1 1, First, you miss two-thirds of the whole Scripture. Right. In all Scripture is God-breathed, from Second Timothy 3.16, including the Old Testament, of mm-hmm. course. Yep. And you don't understand the whole context of Jesus. Jesus doesn't just come at a time and then goes from there. He has a whole plan of salvation that unwinds, unfolds yeah. through the whole Old Testament. He comes on the scene and fulfills that because it all pointed to him. 
Yeah. And so he's the ultimate lamb, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate and only blood atonement. Yes, yes. And lives are changed. Is, do you have any suspicion why uh, Catholic, American Catholics anyways have so little awareness of uh, the Jewish background of the text or even the, the Hebrew, the faith, the Hebrew faith of the Old Testament? Well, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that <laughs> over the last 25 years. And I do this Torah class, and I have this ministry called One and Messiah that I do in many churches as well as in a central place and on mm-hmm. radio and so forth. And what older Catholics always tell me is when they were growing up, studying the Bible was for Protestants. Yeah, yeah. And their priest told them, don't read it, which, you know, probably is not true. But, you know, the priest told them, not re- don't read it. Their family member said, you know, what do you need a Bible for? Yep. You know, you go to Mass on Sunday morning and that's what you have to do. So yeah. Don't. And so they didn't get interested in it at all. And, of course, I mean— there was probably some anti-Semitism involved, but I don't want to get into sure. that and it's use hard, that hard as a judge. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's not really a good excuse. But there's a there's a distinct division in their mind between these were the Jewish things that happened, right? And then Jesus put an end to all that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's kind of negate. Yes, negates that whole yes. area of salvation so, yes. history. So what do we need that for? That's we got right. the new thing. That's so you right. got the new shiny thing. Yes. So. <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting because, yeah. you know, okay. this time of year in the Mass where it says Christ our Passover was sacrificed, mm-hmm. I commonly say to people who say that, I say, why does it say that in the Mass? Why does it say Christ is our Passover? If Passover is an old Jewish feast, why are we still talking about it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But no, this has been great. a very frustrating point for me. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it is. It, it, it's unfortunate because – as as you learned uh, through your study and prayer that this is this is such it's such it's exciting material. Oh, it's so exciting. And it gives you also a sense of story, mm-hmm. um, a a, mass, a master narrative of which all the baptized are a part. Yes. And um uh you confident that this is changing now that there's more yes. of this happening? Yes. I think well, so too. Yeah. I I think and, um, you know, I've had a lot of experience in non-Catholic churches as well. There's definitely many churches now that want to learn about the Hebraic roots of the faith, mm-hmm. that want to learn, you know, Paul tells us in Romans 11 that we're the wild olive branch that's grafted in. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. think, think about that. Yes. Uh, who, who's grafted in? Yeah. The Gentiles yes. are grafted in. Exactly. It, the, the, the trunk is uh, Hebrew yeah. Judaism, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so people want to learn more about. It. There's even some churches that have put up the banners of the tribes, and mm-hmm. you know, use Yeshua as Jesus's Hebrew name, and this guy. So they're interested in learning more, and what a certain word means that might be a little different than what you thought that it means. Right. And I've noticed a big influence now in some Catholic circles as well. I mean, I've, my Friday night ministry draws a lot of Catholic people to come. Mm-hmm. It's a mixed group, and um, I work with a lot of Jewish believers. This is what the one in Messiah ministry. Yes, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah, that's Friday night. Yeah, and the um, um, when you expl- like my wife and I do a lot of messianic seder's. Oh, when okay. It's Passover slash Holy Week. Yeah, yeah. And as you go through the seder. And many people don't even realize the Last Supper was a Passover Seder. Yeah. But first you have to clear that with them. 
But as you go through the reasons that Jesus said and did the things he said and did based on the Passover story, people are fascinated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But with the blood, and if you're under the blood, you don't get the curse. If you don't have the blood, you get the curse. And, right. You know, the bread is broken, and the wine is, the third cup of wine is consecrated. And people sit there and say, wow, this is really awesome. Yeah. Phil, so we're just about running out of time. Yeah. Tell people how they can follow up, stay abreast of what you're doing, and then you and I will get together again soon. Oh, wow. If you go to www.oneinmessiah.website. Or my YouTube channel, which is One in Messiah, Gift of Grace Ministries. You can find all the teachings there. Good. And there's a podcast, which is Dr. Phil slash Gift of Grace. Okay. And we'll have those linked at our site as well. And then let's make sure we get together. You're not, Cleveland's not that no, far away. Oh, no. no. <laughs> okay. I can get here anytime. All right, Phil. Thanks. Thank you. Oh.